Good morning. How are you doing this morning? It is a joy to be with you from Scotland, but you'll notice that this accent is Irish, and you know God also talks with an Irish accent. Father, I thank you that your fire goes before you and burns up all your enemies. But Father, we don't just want the preceding fire. We want you who follows it. We want the fullness of the weight of all that you are. Father, we want the pressing of the kabod of God that so is heavy upon us that it radically transforms us. And I feel like we got the fire proceeding, but there is a wait yet to come where he moves and he sits in the midst of his people. Oh God, may we be a seat that you can put your entire colossal glory on. Press in. We fling wide the gates of our hearts. We fling wide the gates of this church that it may not just be a light burning that happens to us, but it may be so deep, so strong that the nations would see in us who you are. I just feel like we got so deep, but I heard the Lord say, it's still just the preceding fire. It's still just the preceding fire. Whew. Well, I'm going to share with you a word of the Lord. As I said in the earlier service, I've been training and teaching you all week, and it's lovely just this morning uh, to be a prophet and just to bring a, a thus says the Lord rather uh, than bullet points uh, the, of instructions. So uh, here goes. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to you, church in Catch the Fire Rally, you have a remarkably rare and unique call. You have a call that many churches never ever get to step into. And it is not just that you are called to pioneer, because I think there's all an element of pioneer across the body of Christ. But the Lord says, I have given you the distinctive to be the absolute cutting edge, sharp, razor blade, pioneers. The Lord says, truly you are going to be the ones that I give the new wine to. Truly you're going to be the ones who are the fresh expression. Did you get that? Not the old expression. The fresh expression of how God wants to be known in a generation. There is a freshness that is coming. And the Lord says, I have made you to set a standard for other churches. And the Lord says, that is why your warfare has been so great, even in the last five to seven years and God flew me over your last five to seven years which have been such a battleground and the Lord says this house has a call to lead and okay that's a serious call but I heard the Lord say this I'm going to put back an adventuring spirit within you I'm going to resurrect your adventuring grace you're going to take wild radical bold decisions that you've only ever dreamed of before but never walked out and the Lord says the adventure anointing is starting to swirl in the room it's going to catch you says the Lord and the Lord says you're going to have some wild thoughts that you would usually have thought, well, that's just my own vain imagination. But the Lord says, go with it, go with it, go with it. And the Lord says, I'm going to put an authentic joy in you. So you do not have to dress up and pretend you are okay. The Lord says, it is not a sign like laughing on the floor. The Lord says, it is a real significant change in your hearts. And the Lord says, I'm going to put joy back in you for ministry. Because you can feel 
zeal that has drained. I'm going to put joy back in you, even for entrepreneurial businesses to come for this house. The Lord says, I'm going to give you joy to start to plant a charismatic theological college from this place. Not just a school of the supernatural, but of heavyweight instruction that will hold the pioneering church for years to come. For the Lord says to you, thank you that you gave instruction to the earth of my supernatural power. But the Lord says, I'm going to raise up theologians from within the midst of you, says God. And the Lord says, you're not just going to know what it is to live stream. The Lord says, there are TV channels and media uh, movements of truth even to come forth from you, says God, where people will not just listen for five minutes and get bored and then go over to Dr. Pimple Popper. The Lord says, they're going to stay with you for hours and hours of teaching, says God, as you loose a new generation of theologians. For the Lord says, I'm going to make the happy people the biblical people, says God. And I'm going to make the biblical people the happy people, says the Lord. And the Lord is surging a joy back into you that you will take it even into your workplaces and they will say, what happened to you? And you're going to say, I am full of the truth and the word of God and I'm happy because of it. And the Lord says, I'm going to restore the emotion of your salvation. You are not made to look like the church next to you. You're supposed to really be provocative. You're supposed to be really annoying. This is an annoying church, hallelujah. It's an agitating church, hallelujah. And if you are only a little bit of a modicum of a different, you're not going to provoke. You've got to be wildly, extravagantly different. So there is a measurable standard between you and the person beside you. The Lord says to you, do you know that you've only become a little bit different so you're not challenging anybody? But the Lord says, I'm going to give you that challenging capability back into the nations. Now, you know, when the church is like that, the leadership is always in a position of strain because it always wants to be cutting edge. It's never same old, same old. It's never business as usual. And the Lord says to you, I have put deep in your DNA a call that will not be silenced to break new ground and to see the kingdom of God come. And when you get stuck like you've done, as I said, for that five to seven years, it makes you want to spit. And the Lord says, right now, I am picking up off the floor that which the enemy pulled off you, which is the lead pioneering mantle even for a nation and nation, says God. And the Lord says, I am shaking it and I am dusting it down where it got stale and where you didn't know whether it was on you or off you. And the Lord says, I am gluing this mantle to your shoulders that you will not lose it in the years ahead, says the Lord. The Lord says, you are coming to the day, and I use this phrase with great fear of the Lord, you are coming to the day of extreme visitation. Turn to your neighbor and say, extreme visitation. We love what you had. You love what you had. But the Lord says, it was only the muddy puddle of my presence before the great rain. It was only the shallow waters. It was only the drizzle. It was only the preceding fire before the main event. And the Lord says, you're at the beginning of the great rain of God on the earth. And God says, you're going to experience an outpouring that will not just be marked by my spirit and love, but will have at its core a movement of power that was stripped away from you before. And the Lord said, you had half an awakening. Now you're going to have a full awakening, says God. And the Lord says it's the day of mysteries and marvels and miracles. 
And the Lord is cautioning you and he says, I want you to get your hands on each other's heads and I want you to break off smallness and I want you to pull apart with the hammer of the word of the Lord, the coffins of smallness and death that are even on each other's minds. For the Lord says there has become even a blinkered, a blinkeredness in this place. And the Lord says you have got to kill not just smallness, but you have got to break agreement with distraction, says the Lord. And the Lord says, I have watched your leadership team meetings. I have watched you slalom, says God, distractedly between many small things. And the Lord says, I am helping you lift that off as you fight with me in agreement. For the Lord says, I will give you a new mindset, a new thoughts, new plans, new ideas. But the Lord says, my biggest gift to your leaders right now is a God creativity to work with me that you may have a fresh expression of thinking. And the Lord showed me that there had been a real major fight over uh, new, fresh leadership thinking. That if you led in a, in a familiar way, that the enemy would kind of go, well, you know, I'll let them have that one. But if you thought in a creative, wild way, it actually made you utterly fatigued and weary. And I was surprised by the level of fatigue that was in this house when I walked into it. And that is the battle with the fresh thinking and the fresh creativity. And that is not just explosive art, which is going to happen from here. That's not just creative music that's going to happen from here. That is fundamentally creative leadership that is able to break fully the religious stronghold over this nation. And so in the name of Jesus, I loose an anointing of fire and hammer to kill your smallness, to kill your distraction, to kill your repetition. And we banish in your minds and block up the cul-de-sacs that you have gone down and got lost in when it came to battle planning. And I lose an ability for strategic military advance planning in Jesus' name. And I rip up the mindset that is in this place that we are always reacting. We are always on the defensive. And I loose an offensive mindset back into this house that you may be those who take ground. And the Lord says, you are going to go beyond anything you have seen before. And if you want to write a name across your doorway for what is happening every time somebody comes through it, it's summed up in go beyond. The Lord says you're going to go beyond where you've gone in your provision and seeing God in your finances. You're going to go beyond your last war and victory. You're going to go beyond your last strength because there is a Samsonite anointing coming to the people of God. You see, we have seen demons really strong and we have seen them take over people and beat other people up under demonic force. But the Lord says, I've got a God version of it and it's a Samsonite anointing and the Lord says I will put a Samsonite anointing on you and the Lord says you will be those who are so physically strong that you will truly embody when Isaiah says you will run and not grow weary. The Lord says, I have been longing to work that verse out physically in a people. And the Lord says, there will even be doctors and medics who come to you and say, what are you doing? Because you are so strong. You are living outside of normal year span ranges. And the Lord says, there will be longevity and long life as a Samsonite strength drops in. And the Lord says, you will go beyond even physically says the Lord. And the Lord says you will not have to muster up a strength when you wake out of, get up in the morning and wake up and get out of bed. The Lord says I will deposit what Samson has for an entire generation who will be strong in the Lord. The Lord says you will go beyond your last level of glory. You are not trying to get back to something. You are going beyond it. 
You will go beyond your last business deal. You will go beyond your last level of miracle signs of wonders. You will go beyond where anything this church has seen. And God says, I will take you beyond your expectations and dreams. The Lord says, step through the door of the go beyond season. And the Lord says, I will heal your nervous systems. And the Lord says, as you go through that door, I will physically force the trauma out of you. And the Lord says, you thought you all needed lots of deeper healing, and maybe we all do. But the Lord says, by my supernatural hand, this morning I am dealing with long-standing trauma, says God. And the Lord says, the layers of it that have come to you are not because you sinned are not because you failed, are not because you disappointed God. The Lord says what you are carrying of trauma and shock in your body is the cost of pioneering in the previous seasons, says God. It is because you did something right that you are carrying your trauma, not because you did something wrong. Because it was a moment in the last years where you had to dig your heels in and you had to stand and you had to keep going. And the Lord says, I am going to so overwhelm you with my joy that it will overcome your trauma, says God. The Lord says, you will wake up with faith thoughts you never thought would be possible. You're going to see an energy coming to you. You're going to see a way through where you could not before. The captivity is going to break off your previous season. And what has held Catch the Fire captive, I actually feel five to seven years in this church, but I actually feel like it's a captivity of 15 years in the wider movement, that there has been a captivity. And the Lord says that is about to break off and out of the stuckness and out of the repetition will come forth a movement where the energy of God will be on it and the Lord says I will visit you in the night not just in the church I really feel there's been an attack on sleep patterns wave at me if your sleep patterns have been oh my goodness look at each other keep your hands up deep I've never seen anything like it. It's nearly 100%. Oh, my word. Huh. And the Lord says, supernatural things will happen in the night. And you will wake up with a vibrancy that is unrecognizable. And God gives sleep to those he loves. And so I loose the sleep and the rest of God. And I call your days and nights into order. That you may sleep in the night. And you may run in the day. And I banish the sluggishness of your late afternoons where you feel you need to lie down and sleep and you can't even think straight and I call into divine order the day and the night and I say Satan you may not reverse them you may not reverse them God's energy is coming to God's people God's energy is coming to God's people. And that Samsonite type energy where you couldn't press through before, you will press through now. There's an energy for perseverance and endurance in this hour. I lift your trauma off in Jesus' name. We fly with the angelic and the force of the Lord into the midst of all of your beings and spirits. And in the name of Jesus, there is the ministry of the Hebrew one, the Hebrews one angels who are, resu- are resurrecting you and are pulling out of you the layers and the layers and the layers and the layers of pain and trauma that have come to you you're going to be unrecognizable the angels are really busy this morning zooming around like grabbing your insides they're saying I'm having that trauma I'm having that trauma I'm having that trauma it's almost 
Well, it's not almost, I am seeing books of trauma within you, like whole stories of trauma. And God says, it will not be your story. And do you remember when um, the angels come and tell Abraham that he's going to have a child and Sarah laughs and there is that moment where she doesn't cover herself in glory really and yet when you read her story later in Hebrews in the hall of faith God calls her this righteous woman and you see God rewrite a woman's story so that the world doesn't even see that she was that woman who carried that cynicism and that pain and that trauma of not having borne fruit in a previous season and the Lord says where you did not bear fruit in a previous season, the Lord says, I will wipe the memory of that off the face of the earth and I will give you your Isaac, says God, who will who mean laughter and it will be the fruit of laughter and a fruitfulness that comes that will touch the earth and will touch the generations that come forth from you. I really feel like God is in warrior mode with stories of trauma. He says, I will not have them in catch the fire movement any longer says the Lord Jeremiah 12 you'll know the verse if you have raced with men of foot and they have worn you out how can you compete with horses if you stumble in safe country how will you manage by the thickets in the Jordan And of course, that verse is saying, look, you tried to run like men and you absolutely lost. I mean, you tried your best, but you just got exhausted. But now you need to be like a horse. And of course, you want to ask the question, hang on a minute, God, that's ridiculous. If I fail to go at my pace, how the heck am I going to run at the pace of a horse? But God says this, you are in the thickets by the Jordan. And the Jordan is that geographical location in scripture that you seem to get stuck before you hit the moment of the greatest breakthrough and the greatest fruit. The Jordan is that place that can ensnare you and keep you from the greatest thing that you're supposed to be in. And of course, when we know, uh, what we know about the thickets of the Jordan, when we cross-reference it with Amos, Jeremiah, and Zechariah, is that the thickets by the Jordan is where the devouring, manky, mauling lions live. Manky's a Scottish word for not great, okay? The manky, mauling lions live. And when I was in this room earlier in the week, I'm like, there are lions everywhere, and they're mangy. And they were pretending to be the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I felt like some of you had had false encounters with the lion of the tribe of Judah and that there was even a mauling and a devouring and that you had felt like you had had stripes stripped off you or or bits knocked out of you. And the Lord is saying to you that he is going to deal with the uh, manky, marauding, devouring, mauling lions. And he says, I will put the fire of God on that which pretends to be me and is not me. And the Lord says, my gift to you, catch the fire rally, is a gift of fire on your feet. And the Lord says, I will give you back your momentum. I will give you back your movement. And the spirit of the Lord says, you are those who are crying over. The Lord says, I'm going to give you a speed of knowing, a speed of understanding, a speed of decision making, a speed of conversation, even if they are difficult. A speed, says the Lord, to build my kingdom. And the Lord says, don't let some things slide. And the Lord says that that real war in the thickets that wants to keep you from fullness is over your identity. And the Lord is asking a remarkable question. And as I said to you earlier, it is the question that will define and set the tone and the shape of your senior leadership team meetings for a good period of time. And it is the question, who are you? And I think God is asking that of you. Do you know who you are? Catch the fire. Who are you? 
And you know when that question is asked, that's littered through scripture. And you know that even Satan asks that question in Acts. Well, Peter we know, and Jesus we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? Like, I can overcome you with ease. That's what Satan is saying when he says, who are you? I can overcome you with ease because you don't know who you are. You are vulnerable when you don't know who you are. And of course, you're an identity movement. But identity has answered the question, who am I? I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. You spent years on that. But the Lord says, I want you to ask, who are we? Not who am I? And that is where the war is. For the Lord says, I'm going to give you a fresh vision of who you are. We have seen in the Pentecostal and charismatic church in recent years, probably 25 years to 30 years, this increased focus on the presence of God, present-centered churches, present centers as ministry names, uh, evenings of host the ghost, evenings of let's get drunk in the spirit, you know, the kind of thing. And the Lord has loved that movement, but the Lord says, now I want you to go beyond Pentecostal. I want you to go beyond charismatic. The Lord says you are entering the days in the earth where the church will be known as the church of holy par. And you are birthing a post-Pentecostal, post-charismatic church. And the Lord says a new breed of church is going to arise and it's going to be called the dunamis church of my par. Now, you've got to hear what I'm saying and get the nuances of it. It's not that you stop being present-centered. It's not about that. It's about the fact that God takes the church through seasons and epochs of time because there was a day where adult immersion wasn't understood. There was a day when the, when baptism of the Spirit wasn't understood. There was a day when presence was not understood. And the Lord says, I have layered through the history of these church, of, of the church deep foundational understandings. But the Lord says, where we are now, the next building ground is to understand what it means to be a church of holy power. It's a layering of truth. And this is the truth that you are going to become established in. And may I suggest to you that what you had was not the fullness of the power of God. And the Lord says it's not a rebrand, it's a rebirth. And there will be a rush of people who want to mirror and model what he will do here. And a new movement of power will arise. The enemy has no language for surrender. He does not know how to do it. He never stops. He never submits. He does not leave you alone. He does not capitulate. He does not concede. He does not know how to stand idly by. There is nothing in the Word of God where you ever see Satan backing down. You always see him as fast-paced and on the prowl. And Revelation 12, 12 describes him as filled with fury or intense emotional rage because he knows his time is short. And Japanese warriors instantly, by uh, uh, tribal instinct and culture, similarly do not have a language of surrender. They don't know how to do it. Can you imagine a people who don't know what it is to partner with surrender? God's going to make us those people. President Truman, knowing about the Japanese temperament, is faced with a great dilemma in the Second World War. And the European war has concluded, and Germany has signed its instrument of surrender on May the 8th, 1945. But the Japanese simply won't work with that documentation, and two months later, they're still fighting. 
So how do you make a people yield who don't know how? How do you make Satan back down when it's not in his nature? And Truman took what must have been the most horrifically challenging decision of his life. He showed such a force of power that the enemy had no choice. And on August the 6th and 9th, the USA detonated the two nuclear weapons over the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You must introduce a level of power that is so superior, the enemy backs down by the force of God that is coming through you. And in Acts 1 verse 8, when it says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, dunamis, that word in any biblical concordance does not start in the definition as power. It starts with the word force. You shall receive a force when the Holy Spirit comes is how you could better translate that. The kingdom of God is not in word but in force. And we have been terrified of that kind of concept. But the Lord says you are going to drop bombs of prayer, bombs of prophecy, bombs of miracles, bombs of freedom, bombs of deliverance, bombs of theological truth that will turn the world upside down just like the disciples did. And the Lord says, do not shrink back from the battle. Do not say, oh, well, that's okay for the warfaring Celtic Irish people or the Scottish people who like to fight all the time. I mean, we've grown up and we've got more civilized than that. No, you have not. The Lord says you are made as warriors in your very DNA. And the Lord says, shift your mindset to being a people of power, says God. Now we understand that nobody wanted to be too demonstrative. Nobody wanted to be too arrogant. Nobody wanted to be pushy. You can still be powerful and gentle. (laughs) You can still be powerful and compassionate. And we have forgotten that. So we became gentle and impotent. We became nice. Healing is par. Prophecy is par. All those gifts come to you from the most powerful place in all of the heavens and earth that you might manifest the kingdom of God on earth. And we look at the spiritual gifts and we use the word charisma and we translate it gift. And that really is an unhelpful thing because the root of the word charisma means to powerfully rescue. It means a spiritual empowerment. It means a spiritual enablement. And so when God gives you healing, and prophecy and tongues and deliverance they are powerful spiritual enablements to rescue people and the only people who can successfully use the gifts of the spirit are those with the warrior mindset they are not sticking plasters they are not day spas they are not massages They are spiritual gift weapons. Psalm 110 verse 3, the people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. In other words, the church will spontaneously and freely and willingly opt in. And the Lord says there will be the ability for people to get back a volunteer anointing, not because you co-opted them or politically negotiated with them or seduced them into this will be your platform if you come just to try to get them to turn up in church. No, there's a volunteer anointing that comes when the power comes. We are moving from a day, and I truly believe this, 
from individual testimonies, although we love those, of God did this in my life, and God did that in my life, and God did the other in this other person's life, to stories of changed nations, and changed regions, and changed governments, and changed local councils, and changed education systems. And there is an upgrade of power to start to have territorial authority, not just individual authority over a small situation. I was on the floor about to preach in, um, I think it was Cape Town earlier in the year in Africa. And um, I'd been kind of mulling around these thoughts of the power of God probably since, well, a few months anyway. And um, as I was lying on the floor, uh, I heard this monstrous bomb go off. And I grew up in Northern Ireland, so I know what a bomb sounds like. But this was a bomb that was so ferocious in the spirit that my whole body shook violently. And it was a bomb that I sighted as somewhere just off the the, um, coast of Chile or Argentina. It was in the South Atlantic Ocean. And the spray from this bomb was so immense that it went out and circled the earth. And it started to land on the leaders who were going to be key in the days of the church of holy power. And as I watched this anointing fly around the earth, what happened was instead of like puffing up people because they were getting like might, it wasn't like that. The anointed started to melt them and their flesh started to disintegrate because it was holy power, not just power. And the spirit of the Lord started to show me, and that happened in June, that from June, I I believe from June until November this year. How many months is that? I'm not sure. We're in this window of time where God is saturating leaders in the anointing of holy power. It's a window of time. And what's going to happen is that those leaders are going to start to feel some very frail and weak things. They're going to feel like, oh, I feel a bit overwhelmed. Oh, 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 I just feel a little bit like, oh, I'm stressed. I've got an anxiety and a worry that is not normally within me. I just, uh, uh, something is shifting because God is allowing your physical strength to completely be eroded that those leaders may only know what it is to work with the holy power and strength of God. And so if you have felt as a leader like, what is going on? This is not my normal internal thought. I felt that. This is not what God, what is up? with me. This is not my normal internal modus operandi. If you have felt like that, can I say congratulations, you've been chosen. Congratulations, you are right on time with God. And the Lord is saying that this holy power will bring attention to him only. And he will not put leaders in place who have not had their flesh burned. And he is making a covenant with his people in this next few months that they will not see a history repeat of leaders who have taken platforms and have squandered his move because they did not get burned in the flesh first. And so the Lord says, understand this season that I'm burning you alive and I am making you feel your frailty and your humanity that I may then infuse you as par leaders and you may be trustworthy in that place because of the overwhelmedness of this epoch of time. I actually believe that God has created perfect storms to burn you. And so the Lord is saying to you, charismatics grow up. He says, I'm going to add maturity to you. I'm going to add depth to you. You see, we understand that having faith pleases God, don't we? We know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. I used to sing that as a child in memory recitation. But we know that there is a persevering faith. And persevering faith is a much more significant deal. Because in persevering faith, you are standing against a mountain and you are having to go move, 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 move. 
move and that strengthens your muscles. And what does that do when your muscles are strengthened? It gives you the ability to carry the fullness of the weight of the blessing of God that you could not carry had you only had small faith. Persevering faith will transition you. And I remember Tommy Tenney, when he wrote his, 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 an older one now, God's Favorite House, he talked about an incredibly, scarily obese man who was dangerously ill with a weight problem. And the guy had a reinforced car and he would drive to his friend's house and he would manage to get himself up the front steps to the porch and he would look in the window and he would see if there was a chair that was significantly reinforced enough to hold his weight. And if there wasn't, he would get back in the car and drive away. And I believe that God is in your foyer and he is looking in and he is saying, is there anybody who can carry the weight of who I am by the process of persevering faith and having me burn all their own stuff away so they will not do it in their strength? That's what's going on right now around you. And the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you that you're in the second wind. You're in the second wind of deliverance where rather than individual deliverance, the Lord says, if you keep doing individual sessions, the Lord says it's going to wear you out. The Lord says there is not grace on individual deliverance ministry any longer. And if you're in the inner healing team, you need to wave because you're going to know that that is true. That even if fatigue has come to the inner, am I talking to the inner healers? Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because the anointing has shifted for mass deliverance. The anointed has shifted to mass deeper healing. Do you know in our um, organization, Church in Scotland, we never thought it was possible. We had mass integration DID, Dissociation Identity Disorder. We didn't even know that that was possible. Spontaneous mass integration of altars and parts. Who knew? But that is the anointing of God. And the Lord is saying he has given you a second generation senior apostle in Murray. And the Lord says, follow this man and get behind him. And the Lord says, do not do anything that undermines him. But the Lord says, back him for he is my chosen and he is my anointed. And the Lord says, look to this man and do what he asks. For I have put a double portion of the apostolic on him, even in the last week, says God, that is about to forcefully explode through him. And he is going to know what it is in the night to meet with me and have new structure and new understanding of who fits where. And the Lord says, I have chosen this one. I have chosen this one, says God. That is a serious deal. You do not speak against the Lord's anointed. Just a kind of heads up. So what is coming to this house from God? You see, in your previous move of God, there was this sovereignty aspect to it. God just turned up and he just did it anyway. And you could be sinful and you could be, uh, you know, not feeling great spiritually. You could be worn out. But the sovereignty of God was still going to turn up and perform things. That's what you learned in the previous move of God. And the Lord says, because you are waiting wrongly for a sovereign move of God, you have got stuck as an organization. And the Lord says, what I did sovereignly, he says, I want friends this time. And he says, I want co-laborers than a sovereign move where I just zap you. And so the Lord says that he is enforcing on you the truth of Acts 19. And Acts 19 is that scripture passage, and it's the only time in scripture where you see the word extraordinary miracles. There's a whole category and a whole anointing of extraordinary miracles. But the terminology around it in scripture is quite unique because it says there that God worked extraordinary 
extraordinary miracles through the, the word in the Greek is kir, which means through the hands of Paul. And you knew that you could have people lie on your carpet and they could come in their thousands and God would just do it. Yes? I mean, God just did it. And God says, no, I want co-laborers. No, I want friends. No, I want to whisper in your ear and you're going to work the miracle. And the Lord says, this time it will be extraordinary miracles because extraordinary miracles only come to a people who will do it through their hands as my friends, says God. And the Lord says... I'm going to give you a relational anointing for war, relational warfare. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to fight together. <laughs> Turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm not going to fight you. We're going to fight together. You see, you can eat with most people, you can hang out with most people, you can shop with most people, you can have lunch with most people, but you cannot war with most people. And the Lord says, you have been individuals in your bedroom who have warred, but the Lord says, I am going to make you a warfaring company. And the Lord says, relational warfare will be revived. And the Lord says, Satan saw the anointing for relational warfare come out of third heaven through second heaven, and he has been messing with it there. And the Lord says that what he did was make you face each other, tit for tat, tit for tat, tit for tat. I'm not sure I like you. I think you're a little bit annoying. I'm a little bit narked with you. And the Lord says, right now, that has been where you are, where you are looking and measuring and assessing people here and looking and measuring and assessing people over here. And you're going, well, what do we do with you? Well, what do we do with you? Well, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, that was a bit off, wasn't it? And there has been this focus on reading and talking to each other till you have talked yourself in circles and it has hindered the building of the kingdom of God. And the Lord says, so that I rescue you, know this, you will not face this way anymore. But en masse, the army of God is going to turn. And the Lord says, in this place, it will be relational warfare together rather than that sense of insecurity with your relationships that has come upon you. And God says, receive the anointing for relational warfare now. And the Spirit of the Lord says there's been an assignment of displacement against you. The Lord says displacement is something that has been moved from where it should be to a different place. And, th and that means you get displaced people groups, displaced workers, church displaced from destiny, church ejected from its role, displaced even from fullness, displaced even in the, when you're talking about your secular employment, displaced from business deals, displaced from house deals, displaced from roles at work. And so there's a sense of an extra fight to actually get anything done because of the assignment of displacement. And the Spirit of the Lord says, it is the day to confront and overthrow displacement. I actually feel like there are a number of house deals and, and deals for church buildings where you're supposed to be planted in a certain place, but the spirit of displacement against catch the fire has made that you couldn't even anchor or secure homes, buildings, business deals, the right staff in the right place or even your place in the nation and the Lord says to you do not worry about the mess of the moment I am digging you and planting you and the Lord says that we are to deal with displacement personally and corporately both for you as individuals and for you as a movement who feels like I've been displaced from something? My destiny, the right job, my house, let me see your hands, the fullness. I just feel like I'm not quite, that's an awful lot of you, probably about 70% of you. So in the name of Jesus, we agree with the anointing that we have got for relational warfare, that that assignment of displacement comes off you individually, comes off you corporately, comes off your businesses, comes off your destiny, comes off your church buildings, comes off your purchasing power, comes off your home ownership, and I loose to you the ability
ability to own and be planted. And for the nation to receive you. You see, the Spirit of God says, catch the fire. I am talking you into something outrageous. He says, I'm talking you into something outrageous. I'm talking you into something wild. He says, I want to talk you out of this place of mediocrity that you stumbled into. He says, I want you to talk you out of looking into the past. I want to talk you out of seeing yourself as a failure. I want to talk you out of looking at yourself and being disappointed. God says, I am talking you into something. He says there are a hundred million new things that I want to do in America. And he says, I need somebody who will lead the charge. And he says, catch the fire rally. Heaven is not a storage facility. It is a distribution center. And he says, I want you to distribute the a hundred million things to the earth. I want you to build, says the Lord, a new set of on-ramps. And he says, the on-ramps will be the places where you access heaven and where people come to you. The Lord says, there will be prophetic schools. There will be miracle clinics. There will be deliverance conferences. It is not the same old set of conferences. The Lord says, it will be the conferences that break the mold. Isaiah 8, 18. Oh, if ever there's a verse for a movement, it's this. Isaiah 8, 18. Here am I. And the children, because you're the children generation of Catch the Fire, aren't you? Here am I. And the children the Lord has given me. We are signs and symbols in Israel from the Lord God Almighty who dwells on Mount Zion. Did you hear that verse? We are the signs and the symbols. We are the signs and the wonders. We are the miracle workers. We are the warnings. We are the evidence of God. We are the flags that point the way. And his glory is coming and it's going to come through you for what he wants to do in America. His glory, if you are waiting for it to rise somewhere else, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Isaiah is very clear that the only place the glory of God ever rises is on you. And so God says, oh, catch the fire. You learnt what it was to wait for me. And you did not realize that the season had changed. And the Lord says, it is not that you are waiting for me. It is that I am waiting for you. He says, catch up with the new way that I want my kingdom to be built in the earth. And the Lord says, there is going to be a surge anointing that I put on to catch the fire. And the Lord says, it will surge forth into the new day. And other movements will want to partner with you because of the surge of my glory within you, says the Lord. And the Lord says to you, I am restoring your roar. He says, he is renewing the roar. He says, you, do, you, do you remember when the word of God, God only likens himself to two animals. What are those two animals? Lion and eagle. And so if we are in his image, we are supposed to be like lions and eagles, okay? And the Lord says, you have known what it is to fly in the spirit. You've known what it is to have encounters. You've known what a partnership with the eagle is like. But now I'm giving you a partnership with the lion that devours. And the Lord says, you will find it easy to fight. <laughs> you will find it easy to fight, says God. You will find it easy to roar. I'm not just giving you back a sign or a new song I am giving you the capability to see victory by your sound and God says I'm focusing on your mouth and you're going to be able to vocalize what is in you as a movement like never before and the Lord says I will give you a new mouth says God 
And the Spirit of the Lord also says to you that your roar will change the secular world. And the Lord says, Jesus is coming to your mouth and there's going to be a partnership with truth. There's going to be a partnership with spoken revelation. There's going to be a roar of victory. Walls of resistance will come down. And I feel like there has been an assignment of silence over the entire Catch the Fire movement so that people are going, oh, do they still exist? Seriously. Oh, do you know how many churches I go into in a year? I spend 75% of my life in another man's church or another man's conference to the point where sometimes I don't even know where I am. Do you know that these spirit-filled, charismatic, cutting-edge churches that I stand in all over the world, they say, oh, catch the fire, you're going there. I've forgotten about them. Oh, catch the fire, what are they doing now? Oh, we don't really know anybody in Catch the Fire. That's the conversation I have. And and maybe we just move in different streams, but I don't really think so. There's so few prophetic, charismatic, pioneering, cutting-edge people. I mean, it's not like there's masses to choose from. And I feel like the Lord has put, or the enemy has put a silence where you were supposed to dictate the tone and the pace. And there is a sense of the roar, not just so that you can make a noise and have that primal scream moment and feel better about yourself because making a loud noise does release stress from your physical body. It is not just a roar for a roar's sake so you feel better in the moment. It is a sound of the tribe of Judah who always goes first. And you are the tribe of Judah. And what we know in scripture is that God always sends Judah first. And if Judah does not go first, there is nothing for the rest of the world to follow. And so the aim of the enemy is to take the teeth in demonic dental surgery out of Judah so that she cannot roar and cannot lead the other tribes of the earth. And the Lord says, I am giving you back your roar so that you can lead in the nations again, says God. And the Spirit of the Lord says, I am raising and marrying together your apostles and prophets. The Lord says, a new anointing for them to be in unity and battle plan together is coming. And I feel like you've had years of, well, what on earth do we do with a prophet? And then what on earth do we do with apostle? And do we like these titles? And do we use these titles? And and what is and this suspicion and misunderstanding amongst those who are supposed to go first and lead? And the Lord says, says, I will do something remarkable. He says, I will give the apostles a little bit of prophetic grace so they come into an understanding. And I will give the prophets a little bit of apostolic grace so they have a little bit of understanding of each other. And the Lord says, the building apostles will see and the seeing prophets will build, says the Lord. And the Lord is saying... That when you want to take out a church and you want to slow it down, you pull its foundational relationships out. And its foundational relationships are always apostolic and prophetic uh, interactions. And the Lord says, I will put an anointing right now that will bind the apostles and the prophets together into healthy working relationships. And the ability that has eluded this movement for years will be restored says God and the Lord says as I put this grace on apostles and prophets to know and learn and love and understand and build the Lord says I will release a generation of leaders who understand together that people are God's treasures and that they are not the possession of men and the Lord says the mothers and the fathers are being called into place and they will let says the Lord people go further and farther than they did and the Lord says I am ending the days where you are jealous of one another I am ending the days where you're suspicious of one another I am ending the days apostles and prophets in catch the fire where you are threatened by each other and it has accidentally on days leaked out as control the Lord says I am releasing a new breed of mantle for leadership in this movement says the Lord 
And the Lord says, I will marry movements together. God is marrying. I actually believe if you are, there's a marrying covenantal anointing in the earth. If you are not yet married, there is an opportune window of time in the next 18 months. Some of you just need to say hallelujah to that. It is because the covenant anointing of God is going to come and be thrust upon us. And so covenant looks like marriage, husband and wife. Covenant looks like marriage, movement and movement. Covenant looks like marriage nation and nation and so God is walking us into this marrying and covenanting times of people uh, churches and nations and the Lord is saying I will release an ability for covenant to shine again in the nations and the Lord says I will send a whirlwind over this movement to deal with what has kept you apart and the Lord says these whirlwinds are full of faith and hope and my unity will be released and my covenant will be released in the whirlwind. But the Lord says, I am in the whirlwind in Nahum 1.8, but it is not easy, says God, but I will have a covenant formed, says the Lord. And finally, God divided um, people by age when I was chatting to him recently. And he said that the people under, between 20 and 40, he's calling the children. Don't be offended by that if you're in your late 30s. But 20 to 40, he's calling the children. Now, I'm in my mid-40s. I'm in the next group, 40 to 60s. And God is calling that the parents. And then the 60 plus, he's calling the grandparents. And I heard the Lord say this. There is a forgotten generation in their 40s to 60s who have been a waiting generation, waiting for the permission of man when God says, I have already given you permission. And the Lord says that even right now, I'm going to get those age groups. Just If you are under 40, can you stand up in the room? Just open your hands because this is the anointing. There is within that age group... An anointing for explosive, creative experimentation. An entrepreneurial anointing to try some new things. And the Lord says to that age group, I am lifting the fear of failure off you. I am lifting the fear of rejection off you. I am lifting all versions of fear that have held you. And the Lord says you are going to experiment and you're going to be experiment musically and in new expressions of worship. You're going to experiment in new expressions of business where the entrepreneurial spirit of the Lord will come upon you afresh and you will know what it is to even release in the the earth, new programs for harvest and agriculture, new pro- new businesses for renewable energy, new businesses even for app development, says the Lord. And the Lord says, I want you to experiment with my spirit, says God. And the Lord says that the enemy has sent to you a demonic experimentation where it was all about experimenting with the world. But the Lord says, I am pulling that off you where you have been trapped by the world, you under 40s. And the Lord says, I am giving you a Holy Spirit experimentation grace in place of it that a fresh new dynamic may come through you, says God. So just grab hold of it. 60s plus, jump up. You can sit down, 60s plus. 60 plus. Oh, I'm coming back to the middle one. 60s plus. Who's 60s plus? Some of you are looking very well for that age. 
Maybe we all need an impartation from you. <laughs> and the Spirit of the Lord says, though I call you the grandparental generation, the Lord says, I'm going to give to this generation an anointing for extreme wisdom. And the Lord says, right now, the advisory consultancy capability will come on you. And the Lord says to you, I want you to use your mouth to be those that bring even a scaffolding of truth to the next generation and the spirit of Lord says advise and not retire advise and consult and not walk away the Lord says I am not done with your mouth says God I am not done with your wisdom says God and I loose an advisory capability and consultancy grace upon you right now in Jesus name and the Lord says speak for it is needed speak for it is needed says the Lord and finally the parents the 40s to 60s if you jump to your feet (laughs) the Lord says this to you oh those who waited Oh, those who waited. Oh, those who got squashed when the energy of youth had left them and where a previous generation had not known what it was to properly work a succession plan where what you were promised never came to pass in the moments where it should have done. The Lord says, oh, scattered generation. The Lord says, I am remembering you now. And the Lord says to you, oh, sons and daughters who I call the parents to many I give you in this moment the anointing that you have needed and that is a building anointing and the Lord says you will build and you will build and you will build and you will build and you will build says God and the Lord says start it now The Lord says, you have waited long enough. And the Lord says, we are going on a journey, oh parents, to redeem the years that the locusts have stolen. And the Lord says, there is going to be a new movement of church, a new church planting movement that comes from the parents who are going to build. There's going to be new healing revival movements that come from the parents who build. There's going to be new men's movements who come from the parents who build. There's going to be new prophetic nests who come from the parents who build. And so I loose to you right now an end to your stuckness, catch the fire. I loose to you an end where a pause was put on your movement because you got dressed in the mindset of a waiter rather than a co-laborer. And in the name of Jesus, we now say to the entirety of this movement that you are at the crossroads and the prophet is kicking you